All right, well, I did something recently that I want to tell you about that I never thought I would do. Ladies and gentlemen, I have stopped paying attention to the news. Yeah, I did it. Okay, that gets more whoops than Joy to the Valley in the neighborhood. Okay, interesting. This is a big deal for me because um, I've been reading the newspaper all my life. In fact, I started in the sixth grade. I was a newspaper boy back in the day, and so, of course, I started reading the news way early. And then in high school, I wrote for the school newspaper, and I took journalism class. And then in college, uh, I was a journalism major, so I wrote for the college newspaper. And if you're a journalism major, man, you, you are expected to read multiple newspapers and to be really on top of things. And so I just grew up with what I wouldn't call an addiction, but I would read the news and be in the news all the time. My favorite thing to do would be to buy a newspaper, get a cup of Starbucks, and go in the parking lot and uh, read the news. I had to go in the parking lot because I also like to sniff the paper. I love the smell of the newspaper. <laughs> I'd be a little weird to do that in Starbucks. So, um, but no, that's, I mean, I was into it. I would watch the news, listen to the news. And then one day, um, very recently, actually, uh, I was short, uh, frustrated, I guess, and short is the best word, with a group of people. And I didn't uh, act appropriately, and I had to apologize for it. And um, I started doing some reflection. I thought, why was I so short that day? And then I realized that all week long, I had been really engrossed by the Brett Kavanaugh hearings for the Superior Court judge. I was watching, and I was getting so frustrated with all the opinions in the news, and I was getting so angry, it just came out. I thought to myself, man... I don't need that nonsense anymore. And I noticed that other people in my life, they weren't paying attention to the news either. In fact, I would say, hey, did you hear about this? Did you hear about this? Like, no. And I'm like, don't you read the news? They go, no. I'm thinking, maybe I'll give that a shot. So, since Halloween, I've, I've paid a little bit of attention. So, like, I mean, I was aware of the earthquake in Alaska, and I was aware of the passing of uh, President Bush. But for the most part, I just haven't paid much attention to the news outside of sports scores. And you know what? I haven't missed it. <laughs> I've been a little bit more chilled. I've been <laughs> a little bit more relaxed. Now, I'm telling you this because I don't know if you've noticed, and maybe it's just me, but I feel like um, people's emotions lately have been really hot. And what I mean by that is they've been extra. Like, people seem to be extra angry. Extra frustrated, extra short. They seem to be extra edgy or depressed or sad or anxious. There's just a lot of hot emotions going around. And I'm not saying it's all the fall of news. I'm sure there's other things like the early snow and the cold weather. Um, but I really sense that this is a great time in the life of the world today uh, where our country especially needs good news. And folks, we have the best news that we could share with people. So we're going to talk about that today by talking about the shepherds. We're going to be looking back at Luke chapter 2. In fact, in your bulletin, you'll see that the scripture is printed out. So if you want to follow on there, you can. But before we go there, before we go there, what I want you to know is we're going to talk about the old shepherds and we're going to talk about new modern day 
shepherds. In fact, I'm going to tell you a story that I've told before, but I think it's, bare, it's worth repeating about what a modern-day shepherd is. Um, it was 1995, and I was asked to speak at a youth camp. It was my first youth camp that I got to speak at, so I was really excited. I was the professional minister, the, the hired gun brought in to tell the kids about Jesus, so I was excited about that. And when I got to the camp, the directors met with me, and they got talking to me, and they made it very clear to me that Thursday night was the key. Everything that was done all week long hinged on Thursday night when we would do an evening service and give an altar call, and apparently all the teens would give their lives to Christ. So this is a big, this is a big event. So Thursday night came, and as you can imagine, there's a lot of anticipation, excitement, some tension, right? And I was about to get up and, and give my message and, and give the altar call where all the kids would give their lives to Christ. And one of the men that worked at the camp asked if he could give his testimony. So the directors gave him a microphone, and he got up there, and he was so excited about what God had done and was doing in his life that he just started talking and talking and talking and talking. And you think I'm joking, but I'm not. And talking. I mean, he just was going, man. He was going for it, and nobody was going to slow him down. In fact, he was going so long that the director started to panic a little bit. And they came up to me, and they go, you got to get him off the stage. Now, I was a rookie, and I didn't know a lot, but I knew that when someone's giving their testimony, you do not walk up on the stage and take the microphone out of their hand, right? I mean, that, that's kind of bad form. So um, I went instead to the back of the sanctuary where no one could see me but him, and I started waving my arms, and finally he saw me, and he, he brought his testimony to the close, and I went up and gave my message and gave the altar call, and some of the kids gave their life to Christ, and it was a great camp. But at the end of camp, I was talking to one of the teens, and I asked her, I said, so, so tell me, what do you think was the most impactful part of, of the week? And, and you know what she said to me, right? The testimony of the man on Thursday night. The one that everybody wanted me to get off the stage. He was the one that was impacting her life the most, because he was a modern-day shepherd. Now, what is a modern-day shepherd? Well, a modern-day shepherd is any man or woman, um, not ordained, not a professional minister, not um, a hired gun, not anybody that's necessarily great at public speaking. That's not important either. But someone who has had their life changed by Jesus and is continuing to have their life changed by Jesus. And much like the old shepherds that we're going to talk about in a minute, they're so excited about what God is doing in their life that they can't contain themselves. They have to tell people about Jesus. Now, I share this with you because I believe this morning that everybody in this room needs to be a modern-day shepherd. And I want you to think about that, and we're going to get back to that in a little bit, but think about that as we go to Luke chapter 2. We're going to read Luke chapter 2 again, verses 1 through 20. And again, they'll be up on the screen and in your bulletin. And you can look in your Bibles if you want to also. And today we're going to focus on the shepherds. So Luke chapter 2, verse 1 through 20. 
In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And this was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. Now he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Now while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, and he is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. All right. So this morning, what we want to focus on in this scripture, this time are the shepherds in verses 17, 18, and verse 20. So let me read those verses again. When they had seen him, these are the shepherds, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So here we have the old shepherds. They're not, <clears throat> they're not the professional ministers. Uh, they're probably not very good at public speaking. I mean, they spend most of their time out in the fields with the sheep, right? And if you remember from last week, I told you how they weren't even allowed to give testimony in court because they were not considered reliable witnesses. And yet, they couldn't contain their joy. They had to tell someone, and so they told everyone about what they had seen. In fact, folks, we know the Christmas story today because these shepherds spoke up and told everyone about it. So we want to take a closer look at exactly what the shepherds said. So there's actually two things we're going to focus on. Let's go to the first one here. Let's go to the next slide. There we go. They spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. So what is this word that was told them? Well, verses 11 and 12. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. So this is the first thing that they said. Let's go to the second thing. 
they glorified and praised God for all the things they had heard and seen. So folks, when we put this all together, this is what we get. The shepherds went and told people about Jesus, the Messiah, and where to find him. And they praised God for all he had done in their lives. So they told people about Jesus, where to find him, and they praised God for all he had done in their lives. So, so again, why does this matter today? Why, why should we care? Well, because, again, I believe that everybody here should be a modern-day shepherd. I know I'm the ordained pastor, right? And this is, this is my job. This is my calling. And I love what I do. But I also know that you all have access to the hearts and the minds of people that wouldn't give me the time of day, right? People that won't come near this building, but people that need to know about Jesus, people that need to know how to find Jesus, and you need to tell them. You need to tell them. Now, you might be sitting there thinking a couple things. You might be sitting there thinking, well, Pastor Chris, I'm not a very good public speaker, or Pastor Chris, I don't know exactly what I'd say, or Pastor Chris, I've made some mistakes in the past, so I'm not a very reliable witness, or Pastor Chris, I've tried and it hasn't worked, or Pastor Chris, they're not even listening to me. Well, let's move on to our next steps, because this is what I want to encourage you to do this morning, and it's very simple. I just want to encourage you to tell your story. Folks, you all have a story. You have a story of how God has changed your life, and you have a story of what God is doing right now in your life, and you need to tell it. And this is the perfect time of year to do so, because people are thinking about God. They might not be living for God, but they're thinking about God. This is the time of year when you get to come in front of family you haven't seen in a while, and friends, and neighbors, and co-workers, and classmates. And when you're talking about this time of year, and maybe they're talking about the presents they want to give, or the presents they want to give, or maybe they're moaning and groaning about family they have to spend time with, you get to talk about the difference that the birth of the Savior has made in your life. You get to tell stories about what Jesus is doing in your life right now. Think about this for a moment. We live in a world where people are struggling. Marriages are struggling. Families are struggling. People are filled with anger and depression and anxiety. But you get to come in there and shine a light. And you get to tell people stories about how you are dealing with anger, depression, and anxiety, and how you are working in your marriage and how you are dealing with your family through the help of your Savior, Jesus Christ. And it makes a huge difference, right? You get this opportunity. So let's go to our bottom line here. Let's go to our bottom line. If you're filling in the blanks, this is what I want you to write. You are the modern day shepherds with a story to tell. Go tell it. You are the modern-day shepherds with a story to tell, and you need to go and tell it. And folks, if you're sitting here today and you're struggling because, well, that second part, remember I said, you know, you tell them about how God has changed your life and how God is still changing your life. 
you might be here today struggling with that second part. In other words, maybe today you came in this building, you're thinking to yourself, Pastor Chris, I'm really in a spiritual rut. I mean, I'm in no condition to talk to anybody. I don't have fresh stories. God is not changing my life right now. I'm just kind of in coast mode. I'm, kind, I'm just, I'm in a rut. I got nothing fresh. I've told all my stories. I got nothing left. If you're in that situation, I want to encourage you this morning to pray. To pray to God and say, God, why am I in this spiritual rut? I mean, Christmas is almost here. And um, I've got great opportunities to talk to people who don't know you, but I don't have anything new to say because, well, things haven't been working. I haven't been growing. And maybe God will tell you, well, that's because there's sin in your life and you have to deal with that. You have to ask for forgiveness and you have to stop doing it and get that out of your life. Maybe, maybe you just need to freshen up your devotions, your time with God. I was struggling with that recently, so I went to Barnes & Noble and I bought uh, this bright pink book. Now, I didn't buy it because it was bright pink. Um, I got it because it's called The Message Solo. And it's a devotional based on the Latin term Lectio Divina. And uh, I only mention that because Kaylee used to do this all the time. She used to do her devotions, and I said, what are you doing? She goes, well, I'm doing Lectio Divina. And I would always make fun of her saying, what? And then I would make words up and all that crazy stuff. In fact, I told her the story. And she goes, oh, so you've, you've come around now, huh? And I'm like, yeah. It's basically where you get a section of scripture and you, you read about it and you pray over it and there's different guidance to think about it and how to live it out in your life. And it's awesome. In fact, I did it this morning with Joanne. We did our devotions together. Maybe you need something like this. I don't know what you need, but folks, this is what I know. You've got a story to tell and you need to tell it. I am here today on this platform because a modern day shepherd at Wegmans Fisherman's Wharf Department, which is, if you don't know what Wegmans is, it's an amazing grocery store. Um, but a modern-day shepherd was working one day with me in the fish department, and he was so excited about what God had done in his life and was doing in his life, he told me all about it. He told me about Jesus and where to find him, and I had been to church all my life. And I never heard these things. And um, I didn't respond right away. But three years later, God brought that conversation back to my mind and I gave my life to Christ. So maybe you've got people in your life that you've been ministering to and you're saying to yourself, well, it's not working. Well, you don't know that. It it could actually be working, just not according to your time. Don't stop. Don't stop. You've got a story to tell. Keep telling it. Keep telling it. In fact, let God do the work. If, and if you need any help, if you need any help, uh, I want to encourage you to invite, you know, I, I know we've been talking about this, so maybe for the last 10, 15 minutes, God has brought people to your mind, right, and to your heart that need Jesus. Invite them to church. December 22nd and 23rd, we're doing a special uh, Christmas cantata as part of the service. It's going to be a beautiful service. God's message, good news, is going to be as clear as day. And then Christmas Eve at 6 o'clock, we're going to do a special service. Our kids are going to do a song and do the nativity scene. I'm going to tell you right now, it will melt the heart of any cynic. Right? It's going to be beautiful. So invite them to these services. And let them see people who love Jesus. Let them experience the good news. You've got a story to tell, and you've got to tell it.
So we're going to stop now and let's just pray for those services and those people. Heavenly Father, we are um, so thankful this morning. Father, we are thankful because so many of us are here today and you have changed our lives. And you are continuing to work in our lives. And we have a story to tell. So Father, I pray for all these modern day shepherds who are here in the congregation. That you will give them opportunities. Give them the words to say. Give them that opportunity, Lord, to share their story. To share what you've done and what you're still doing in their lives. And Father, I pray that that whoever they tell that story to will be receptive and that it will be the beginning of them giving their lives to you and that they will then go and tell the story and so on and so on. And Father, I want to pray for anyone who might be here today and they may be struggling. They don't have any new stories. They've been in a spiritual rut. And maybe they haven't realized it until now. Father, is anyone here today that's experiencing that? Just show them why. Maybe it is a sin. Maybe it's a couple of sins. They're just taking hold and they need to ask for forgiveness and get them out. Maybe they need to freshen up their devotions. Lord, whatever it might be, Lord, show them that. So that they will have new stories to tell. And Father, we pray ahead of time for our Christmas services on the 22nd and the 23rd and our Christmas Eve service. Lord, use them for your glory. And Father, we praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name this morning. Amen.